0: From the banks of the Colorado River in Lake Mead to the homes and businesses in Southern Nevada, welcome to Water Smarts, the podcast pumping from the heart of Las Vegas, where we engage with the experts who keep the water flowing throughout Southern Nevada. I'm Bronson Mack.
1: And I'm Crystal Zelke. From how we treat it, deliver it, use it, protect it, and conserve it, the Water Smarts podcast is all about water in Southern Nevada. We hope to make you a little smarter about the one thing that keeps us all connected, water. Hey,
0: Crystal, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty good. Just looking at my calendar and I cannot believe, I cannot believe that 2021 is already coming to an end and we're about to enter the holiday season.
0: Yeah, if you blink right now, the holiday season is upon you. I mean, <laughs> it's one of those things where if, if you're not thoughtful about it before you know it, it's Thanksgiving, it's Christmas, it's New Year's, boom, boom, boom. And then all of a sudden we're going to be sitting in 2022, aren't we?
1: That's so weird. But speaking of holidays, what's your like favorite thing to eat? Or do you guys have a tradition of like a favorite food or something that you do around either Thanksgiving or Christmas?
0: Oh, well, Thanksgiving is my absolute favorite. It has been my favorite holiday since I was uh, a wee lad. We host uh, Thanksgiving at, at our house now, which is fantastic. I mean, we do the turkey and I go to great lengths on the turkey and everybody else brings a side. But to not have to travel even across town to somebody's house Oh, I love hosting. So turkey is my number one thing. I brine it. I uh, take great care. I have turkey roasters that I break out once a year just to do turkeys. And I usually do at least two of them every single Thanksgiving.
1: Oh, that's a lot of work. I do brine too. Well, we do prime rib at Christmas, which was challenging for two years when I gave up meat. (laughs) But then my (laughs) husband and I were like, yeah, let's just eat it for Christmas. I love prime rib, so I will eat I will eat it. You at didn't Christmas go with time. the
0: to- you didn't go with the tofu prime rib, huh?
1: I love tofu. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not no, there's no mixing and matching there. There's just no, that's not happening. What I don't like about the holidays and hosting at my house is the cleanup because it's messy and you know, doing the turkey and all that stuff, all that grease and gunk afterwards and all the dishes that have to be done.
0: Yeah, it gets pretty ugly. And, you know, it's one of those things that we do need to be cognizant about, especially if you've got grease and you've got oils from your cooking. You don't want to dump that down the drain because ultimately that gets into the wastewater system. And we really need to care for the wastewater system as a community. When you consider the fact that all of the water that we use indoors in Southern Nevada gets safely treated to near drinking water standards by the wastewater agencies here in Southern Nevada, and they do such a good job treating that wastewater to such a high standard it can safely be returned back to the surface of Lake Mead through the Las Vegas wash. And for every gallon of treated wastewater returned to the surface of Lake Mead, we can take another gallon out from deep within the lake, bring it into the drinking water treatment process, and deliver it throughout the valley. Every gallon that we put back into Lake Mead means we can take another gallon out of Lake Mead. And this is how we stretch our limited water supply in Southern Nevada. The water we use indoors, we get to use it over and over again. The water we use outdoors, we only get to use it once. So focus your conservation efforts outdoors and take care of your indoor plumbing and what you put down the drain and here today with us to talk a little bit more about the importance of water reuse and water recycling and how that fits into our community's water story. She's also going to tell you not to dump that turkey grease down the kitchen sink. Today, we have Kim Adler, Assistant Manager for the Clark County Water Reclamation District. Kim, welcome to the Water Smarts Podcast.
2: Thank you, Bronson and Crystal. Glad to be here.
0: Well, Kim, we are thrilled to have you here. Crystal and I were just talking a little bit about the importance of water reuse and water recycling. And we often say that people don't really think a lot about where their tap water comes from. I mean, it's kind of like magic. You just go to that sink, turn the tap, and boom, there it is, the clean water flows out. And I gotta imagine that most people don't give a whole lot of thought about where that water goes once it comes out of the tap, flows down the drain. And really, there's such an important role that the Water Reclamation District plays in our overall water management and in our watershed. So can you just start by giving our listeners a brief description about what the Clark County Water Reclamation District does?
2: Yeah, Bronson, that's right. We, we often refer to ourselves as the unseen utility. Unlike power where you flip a switch and the light turns on or gas where you turn a knob and the flame comes up on your stove, when you flush a toilet, the water just goes away. People typically don't think about us until they receive a bill or there's a problem. But simply put, We clean the water so that it can be used as a water source for another day. And here in Clark County, we recycle 100% of our wastewater. If you flush it or if it goes down the drain, it travels to a wastewater treatment facility, and we treat that wastewater to a very high degree. We meet strict water quality and safety standards. And in the Las Vegas area, it's returned to Lake Mead via the Las Vegas Wash. On average, we collect, treat, and return over 110 million gallons a day of wastewater. And because we have a limited Colorado River supply here in Southern Nevada, extending our water supply is incredibly important. For every gallon that we treat and return to the lake, we can take another gallon out. That's
1: impressive. There's 110 million gallons of water a day? Is that what you said that you treat?
2: Yeah, on average, we collect, treat, and return about 110
1: million gallons a day of wastewater. And it's good to make that distinction for our listeners that indoor water is recycled, outdoor water is not. And that's why we always encourage everyone to really, really monitor and keep their outdoor water use down. But just for a little more background, when the Water Authority draws water from Lake Mead to the municipal water treatment facilities, the raw water is treated to Safe Drinking Water Act standards. Part of that treatment process includes removing small particles, aeration, ozonation, and other steps to clean the water before it's delivered to homes and businesses throughout the valley. How does the wastewater treatment process compare to the process used for our drinking water delivered to the tap? Because we reuse the water and it gets released back to the
2: environment, we treat it to very high standards. The water is treated to Clean Water Act standards, meeting or exceeding all discharge permit requirements. The first few steps in our treatment process are more physical in nature. They include removing particles and items from the wastewater and letting solids settle. So one of the things we always tell people is to not use their toilet or sink as a trash can. for toilets. If it's not one of the three P's, pee, poo, or toilet paper, it belongs in the trash. So after the physical process, then we begin the biological processes to further clean the water. We use something called aeration basins, which are large rectangular tanks that cultivate an environment with and without air so that little microorganisms break down ammonia in the wastewater or stimulate microorganisms to remove phosphorus. The little tiny waste-eating microorganisms use the food that wastewater provides to grow and reproduce. We tightly control the environment to promote the growth of the right types of microorganisms. Next, water moves through something called a dual-media filter. The filters are large, covered concrete boxes layered with gravel, sand, and anthracite coal that trap tiny particles. Then finally, the water passes through channels that are equipped with ultraviolet lamps that destroy disease-causing organisms' ability to reproduce. And so finally, that clean water is safe to return to the environment, and it's released into the Las Vegas wash, which flows ultimately to Lake Mead. And at every stage, we're constantly monitoring, testing, and controlling to make sure that every drop is safe for the environment and the water care cycle. On average, we conduct over 8,500 water quality laboratory analysis tests per month to ensure our regulatory compliance on our effluent discharge.
0: So Kim, one thing that I think is really interesting, because there's a lot of parallels between the wastewater industry and the drinking water industry. And when you think about the level of expertise that you have to have within these two industries, I don't think people really have an appreciation for that. So let me just ask you, on the wastewater side, do you have engineers? working with your organization? We do. Yep. Yep. So do we on the water side. What about, what about chemists? Do you have a lot of chemists?
2: We have a lot of chemists and a state-of-the-art laboratory facility here. (laughs) Right? Because you
0: have to constantly take samples, test that water, make sure that you're meeting the standards that you're expected to meet. I assume that you, uh, you probably have a lot of operators too, people who actually operate the system. Is that correct?
2: We do, yes. A a lot of different controls are in place to make sure that we have the optimal environment for every step of the wastewater treatment process.
0: So engineers, scientists, chemists, operators, I mean, that's a pretty high level of education and expertise that is needed in order to manage wastewater systems, ensure that that water gets treated to the appropriate standards so that it can safely be released back to the environment. One more question for you. Can you just talk a little bit about the Clark County Water Reclamation District's Asset Management Program, the program that you have to make sure your infrastructure remains reliable going forward?
2: Yes, we're we're constantly testing our equipment and making sure that we have redundancies throughout our system in the rare instance that there was a failure, we would still be able to treat the water to to the high standards.
0: So pretty impressive stuff there. All of the investment that it takes in order to manage not only water infrastructure for Southern Nevada, but the wastewater infrastructure for this community. The Water Reclamation District has a network of 2,200 miles of pipeline. That's 2,200 miles of pipe that's under the streets of Las Vegas that your agency is responsible to maintain. I just did a quick back of the envelope mathematical calculation. That's enough pipe to get from here to Florida. So that's a considerable amount of pipe that you're responsible for maintaining. And 23 lift stations. And lift stations, correct me if I'm wrong, but they're like pumping stations, right? They help to pump that wastewater up to higher elevation so it can gravity feed further on down to your treatment facilities, correct?
2: That's correct. I mean, ideally, wastewater would flow downward, but there are some parts of the valley that that's not possible. So, we do have those lift station pumping stations that help get that wastewater to our treatment facility.
0: How important is it for the Reclamation District to invest in its water infrastructure, maintain its water infrastructure, protect the uh, wastewater infrastructure that is necessary in order to convey all of that wastewater to your facilities?
2: Because we treat and return more than 110 million gallons of water a day back to the environment, investing in the infrastructure is paramount. It's important to maintain the sanitary sewer system for public safety and the environment. No one wants a sewer clog or sewer pipe break in their neighborhood. We have a $1.5 billion 15-year capital improvement plan that outlines projects that will increase the capacity of our valley sewer system as needed. We also maintain and upgrade existing facilities for reliability. A recent project that we're now near closeout on is called the Sandhill Interceptor. It's located in a mature part of town near Sand Hill, Lamb, Hacienda and Harmon, in which we installed 8000 linear feet of new pipe. It's a 60 inch diameter gravity feed sewer pipe being installed through conventional trenching methods and tunneling. In addition to capacity projects, we also have manhole and pipe rehabilitation projects. Currently, we have nearly 30 sites throughout Clark County that we are working on rehabilitating. It helps to extend the lifespan of key elements of our sewer system, and it also provides proactive maintenance. In addition to our capital improvement plan, we proactively maintain over the 2,200 miles of pipeline and other infrastructure through routine cleaning schedules, and we CCTV all of our lines regularly. We're also investing in infrastructure at our Flamingo Water Resource Center to increase capacity to make sure that we can continue to treat and return water for our community.
0: And when you say you CCTV your pipeline infrastructure... Are, are we talking about like robot cameras and stuff?
2: Yes, exactly, Bronson. It stands for closed circuit television. And so it's a little like robot with a camera on it that our folks can get an up close and personal look at the integrity of the lines to see if there are any breaks or cracks or kind of extra cleaning that we need to do to make sure that that wastewater can go through those pipes smoothly. And that's
0: one of the ways in which you manage your assets of the of the wastewater infrastructure. One other follow up question for you that I, I think is really interesting about Southern Nevada system systems back east whether you're on the East Coast or, or kind of in the eastern part of the country, a lot of times the wastewater system and the stormwater system are one in the same. It's the same pipe. But here in Southern Nevada, it's a little bit different, isn't it? We actually have two separate systems so that we don't combine stormwater flows and wastewater flows, correct?
2: That's correct. Stormwater does not make its way to our treatment facility. So that's why it's also important that people do the right behaviors for stormwater as well. You shouldn't throw things in stormwater drains. You should throw most things in the trash because we don't have an opportunity to clean it before it makes its way to Lake Mead.
0: And then when we do have flooding here and those stormwater systems are flowing with water, it's not commingling with wastewater and causing sanitary sewer overflows or anything like that. So, you know, we really have benefited quite a bit from having these dual systems here uh, in our community.
1: So maintaining the sanitary sewer system is important so that we can treat and return this water to Lake Mead, which in turn extends our water supply. It also keeps the wastewater pipes and treatment facilities in good working order and helps reduce the amount of treatment required. So our listeners can play a big role in helping to protect the sanitary sewer system too, and a lot of that's just by what we do with the end product after we've been cooking. So I don't know about you, Kim, but around the holidays, I do a lot of the cooking. I won't take all the credit. My husband does some of it. We do Thanksgiving. We do Christmas at our house. So there's a lot going on in the kitchen. And I always end up with that turkey grease and all that stuff at the very end that I have to figure out what to do with. And I know not to dump it down the drain because that can cause a lot of problems.
2: Yes, I'm just like you, Crystal. I I enjoy the great holiday feast, too the cleanup part is always challenging. And I know a lot of it's kind of gross and it might smell. And, you know, a lot of times we just want to get rid of it as fast as we can and pour it down that kitchen sink. But in doing so, we're really risking the integrity of our home plumbing system and the public sewer system. So what we ask people to do is to just can it. All you need to do is grab any sort of container. It can be a pasta jar. It can be a coffee can. And you just line it with some paper, newspaper, paper towel, pour your cooking grease into it, wait for it to cool and solidify, and then you can just throw it in the trash and reuse that can. This way, it keeps all that kind of nasty stuff out of your sink and keeps your pipes protected. And it also doesn't cause
1: a lot of damage to our sewer
2: infrastructure.
1: And the Water Reclamation District also partners with Metro Police, correct, in having days where, or I don't know if it's just certain days that are designated or where people can bring their medication, their prescription medication. Because for a while there, a lot of people were told to flush medicine down the toilet when it's no longer needed to get it out of your medicine cabinet. But we really don't want that medicine to end up in our water system.
2: Yes, that's right, Crystal. While we treat the wastewater to the highest standards, we can't remove pharmaceuticals from the treated water. So they remain in our water supply. And we have partnered with local police stations where they have disposal boxes, free disposal boxes, where folks can come and drop off any unused or expired medications. To get a list of the drop-off locations, you can visit our website at www.paininthedrain.com.
1: What about wipes? Because I see a lot of those at the grocery store, wherever I'm shopping, flushable wipes. Yeah, Crystal, wipes are really challenging because the packaging, the
2: marketing is so good, it says flushable. So as consumers, we think we can flush it. But there's a very big difference between can and should here sure, we can flush a golf ball down the toilet doesn't mean we should. So for these wipes, sure, you can flush them down the toilet. They physically will go down the toilet. It doesn't mean that you should flush them down the toilet because they wreak havoc on your plumbing system.
0: And it's a pretty big difference between how typical toilet paper breaks down going through the wastewater system and those wipes just, they don't break down. They just stay like a solid rag, right?
2: That's true. Toilet paper is made with special fibers that are meant to break down in water. And if you think about it, wipes are manufactured to be durable so that you can clean those hard surfaces. So they're not meant to break down easily. And therefore, they don't break down easily in water. Only the three P's go down the toilet. That's pee, poo, and toilet paper. Anything else belongs in the trash.
0: Pretty easy to remember the three P's. Keep it the P, the poo, and the paper. Those are the only things that should be going down the drain. And it makes a whole lot of sense. I mean, you just talked a little bit about having more than 2,000 miles of pipe. And if you've got material that is going into that pipe system that isn't supposed to be there, that isn't going to flow downhill, it is going to create clogs. It is going to create blockages. And then you're going to end up with bigger issues. And Look, we're all ratepayers here for our wastewater services, and we want those ratepayer dollars to be going to managing the infrastructure, keeping that infrastructure top notch, rather than having to go out and clean out the clocks because we all decided to flush our wipes a little bit. Kim, just kind of a quick question because I've seen some photos of this before. In fact, I think I saw this on the Water Reclamation District's Twitter page where there was a big crane with a claw, almost like you would do uh, like with those stuffed animal machines, like the claw comes down, gets the stuffed animal, drops it in, except it didn't have a stuffed animal in it. It had a giant clog of what I think were like sanitary wipes. Is that the kind of thing that you have to go in there and actually pull out or is that like a Photoshopped image?
2: No, those are not photoshopped. Those are real photos from other jurisdictions that have had major issues associated with all of these wipes. Fortunately for us, we haven't had that large of of a clog here. But several states have had major problems with the wipes clogging sewer lines. Wipes actually cause major problems for us here with our lift stations. They can sometimes cause our equipment to break down. And it takes a lot of resources to declog the machines and bring those wipes to the landfill.
0: Well, let's keep those sanitary wipes out of the sewer pipes so that that wastewater can flow freely down to the wastewater treatment plant where it can be safely reclaimed and returned back to Lake Mead through the Las Vegas wash. No one wants to get a sewer back up in their home because of some big blob of grease that you've got within your plumbing system. So keep those pipes clear. Kim, thank you so much for sharing this information with our listeners. Kim Adler from the Clark County Water Reclamation District. We really appreciate you coming here today and helping us and our listeners be a little bit smarter about water, even wastewater.
2: Thank you, Bronson and Crystal.
1: The Water Smarts podcast is brought to you by the Southern Nevada Water Authority, which reminds you to follow the mandatory seasonal watering restrictions. You can find your assigned watering days on snwa.com. You also can find landscape tips and rebate coupons to help you save water and save money.
0: And one of those rebates is the Water Smart Landscape rebate, which offers a cash incentive of up to $3 per square foot of water thirsty grass replaced with colorful, vibrant Water Smart Landscape. You can apply at snwa.com, where you can also find other water saving rebates and coupons
1: like coupons for discounts on water smart car washes located throughout the valley. Get a clean car and save water and money. Water smart car washes recycle water on site or capture it and send it to a water treatment facility where it's treated and returned to Lake Mead.
0: You know, Crystal, I like to print out a couple extra water smart car wash coupons. I keep them in my glove box. That way they're always there when I need them.
1: Ooh, that's that's water smart, Bronson. Thank you.
0: You <laughs> helped me stick that one. Thank you. That was good. Well, Crystal, another great educational episode here on Water Smarts, wouldn't you say?
1: Absolutely. I think uh, there's a lot to learn about wastewater and understanding the difference between where the water goes when you're done using it. And also, this is a good reminder for everyone that you also don't want to put this stuff down your drains because you will end up with the mess first and it can be expensive and messy.
0: Yeah, putting that grease, that oil, I mean, even like salad dressing, right? Anything that has oil in it, when you rinse that dish and that wastewater and that oil goes down your drain, it obviously goes through your home sewer pipes before it goes out into the street. And you know, your home sewer pipe is about three inches in diameter, and the more grease and oil and grit that you put down your sink suddenly that three-inch diameter pipe starts to choke down a little bit because the grease gets stuck inside. So you go from three inches to two inches, down to one inch, and before you know it, you've got your own sanitary sewer backup at your house, and you're wondering why you've got brown water in your bathtub, you know? And so you don't want to do that. You want to make sure that you're following some of the guidance here that we heard from Kim you know, using the trash, using a can, putting those oils into the can. And she talked about having the newspaper in there. And when you put the newspaper in there and then you put the oil in and you let it sit, that oil hardens around the newspaper. And then you can just pull the newspaper out and put it in the trash. It's that simple. And you can still recycle that can or recycle that jar. Pretty interesting stuff. Well, that's it for this episode of the Water Smarts podcast. We hope you subscribe and listen next time. If you got some questions, feel free to send them our way. You can email us at watersmarts at snwa.com, or you can go to the Contact Us page on our website at snwa.com. We'll make sure to respond to your question, and if it's good enough, it might even make it on the podcast. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time here on Water Smarts.